through the book of Colossians, and so I'm going to jump straight into it right now, and Lord, just change us by your word. Colossians is a letter in the scriptures that's written to some churches in a place called Colossae. And this is just one portion of it that I want to share today that I pray it will encourage you, because how many know we want to leave here different than how we came in about four of you. Come on, I need, it's a Pentecostal church now. Need some, I'm going to preach better if you give me some feedback. Oh, Lord Jesus. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, it says, He, speaking of Christ, He is the image of the invisible God. Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him, all things, everybody say all things. Not just some things, all things. All things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, what you can see and what you can't see. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him, through Christ, and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. I, I love this passage. I love what it declares in its entirety. We're only reading a small portion of it today, but I, I love what it declares, things Things like, for in him, all things, everybody say all things. That means everything, everything. For in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. When people try to tell me that everything that exists somehow came from nothing, I'm sorry, I just can't buy it. I just can't go there. When people try to tell me a couple of million years ago or billion years ago or whatever it is, we were monkeys and somehow we've developed, I just can't, but when people tell me that everything that exists comes from nothing, that, that something has come from nothing, I can't buy it. It's just foolishness to me. Why, when I go to an art gallery, when I, uh, I, which I was last week, I was in Wellington and I uh, went to Te Papa and into the New Zealand art gallery then, I was looking at the painting. And, and some of them, I don't know about you, but I get quite moved looking at the paintings. I, I, I see a painting, I was like, there was some Goldies. If you know Goldie, he'd painted many uh, 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 Maori people back in the, I think, the 1800s or 19, late, early 1900s. And as I look at those paintings and the skill and the, the work that has gone in there, at no point did I go that, oh, these paintings just randomly happen. They're just here because somehow, magically, that. No, no. I understand where I see art, there is an artist. Where I see this amazing piece of art, there is an artist. At no time when I look at my watch, which is a cool watch, it's a good watch. At no time did I, do, do I go, uh, uh, wow, these cogs just somehow found each other and they all got to on together and somehow clicked together and, and, and came to being. And now my watch can tell the time accurately. At no time do I just go, these randomly ha happen together. That, so, that, that, that nothing created something. I always know when I've got a watch, there's a watchmaker. Somebody put this together. You drove in a car. That car, uh, well, most of you would have driven in a car here, and, and, and that didn't just randomly happen. Somebody made that. There was a manufacturer. Someone put that together. I don't know. It's just foolishness to me to say something came from nothing. Just can't see it. He is the creator of all things. Every day I get up in the morning, I look out across the lakes, I watch the sun rise. And I, it blows my mind the fact that we're, we're, we're sitting next, I don't know if you've ever thought about it, we're on this ball spinning around at 20,000 miles an hour upside down and we don't fall off. And, and, and it's going, and then we're next to this huge fireball. 
that just burns and burns and burns and burns. And if it just moved a little a few degrees this way or a little bit closer to us, we'd all be finished. Over, over. Yeah, barbecue, hot, hot Indian. Some kiwi steaks on the barbie. I mean, it's just, if it just moved just a little bit, yet it is set in its place. And every morning we can wake up and we can guarantee, they can even guarantee the time, it'll pop up over the sky. And you don't go to bed at night going, I hope the sun comes up tomorrow. You know it will come up tomorrow. Why? Because there, there, there is a creator. Whatever is created, there is a creator behind it. There is order. There is design. This world is not chaotic, chaos just randomly sort of forming and happening. Where there's art, there's an artist. Where there's a watch, there's a watchmaker. Where there is something created, there is a creator who has formed and fashioned all things. And we've got to understand in this passage it says, For in him all things... Everybody say all things. All things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. He, Christ, is the divine source of everything. And some people say, well, if, if God made everything, who made God? But we've got to understand this. God is not made. He is the source of everything. My Bible says, Psalm 90 verse 2, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Never had a beginning, never had and end. He is infinite, eternal. Revelation 22 verse 13, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. God never becomes, God is. He is eternal. He never had a beginning. He never will have an end. He is the great I am, not the great I was or the great to be. He is the great I am existing always in everything. Eternal, infinite, luminous. That means he never had that beginning, never, never had and never has an end. And I love it. And the scripture here tells us it is said of Jesus in this passage. Just as he is the image, he is the image of the invisible God. Everything that's created, all things that are created, if you want to see who is behind it, he is the image of the invisible God. In Hebrews 1 verse 3, it says this, the sun, S-O-N, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact, everybody say exact, not just near, he's the exact representation of his being. One commentator describes it like this. Just as the brilliance of the sun, S-U-N, is inseparable from the sun itself, so the sun, S-O-N, is inseparable from deity, for he himself is God. Understand this, that the Bible teaches us that Jesus is not merely an image or a reflection of his being, but an exact representation Jesus is the image of the invisible God. If you go, I don't know, I can't see God. What is it? We look at Jesus. And in Jesus, we can see what God is like. In Jesus, we can learn how God lives, what God chooses. In Jesus, we can see God. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. You've seen him, you've seen God. Jesus said of himself in John chapter 14, verse 9, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. If you've seen me, 
You've seen the Father. But then what blows my mind is that in the creation narrative, when the Bible talks about creation, it says about us in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, not let me, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image and our likeness. So I understand about Jesus, I understand. But when I pause for a moment and think, at the same time, we too are made in the image and likeness of God. Not the exact representation, we are not God, Christ is God, Jesus is Lord. But we are made in the likeness and image of God. Sometimes I think we forget about that. It blows my, it blows my mind. Think about it. We, we can do things that, that no other, I guess, thing in the animal kingdom can do. I mean, we can, we can create something. We are made in the image and likeness of God. How many know rhinoceroses aren't? I nearly didn't say that right. Rhinoceroses aren't made in the image of God. Everyone say, thank you, Jesus. I mean, hippopotamuses are not made in the image. And cats certainly are not made in the image of God. Amen, amen. Oh, the cat lovers like, ooh. They're not made in the image of God. We are the ones made in the image of God. We, you, you'll never see a cat with a five-year plan. You'll never see a cat going, what are we going to do? What's the vision? Cat kingdom. Mind you, they can make movies so good, you start to believe it in the, uh, the thing, you know, they're talking to each other and whatever. But in reality, cats don't have five-year plans. You put a bowl of milk in a bowl of water, the cat's always going to drink the milk. He's never going to go, mm, 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 I'm on a diet. I'm going to go for the I'm going to go for the water. I'm going to have a strict water diet. How many know we as human beings we can choose that we can, we don't just go by instinct. We can we can choose that. I want the milk. I want the milk. I want the milk. My wife's saying you can't have the milk. Drink the water. She's my freedom of choice. She just tells me what I'm going to do. Well, I probably I probably need it. <clears throat> you two can have a bottle like this if you're not careful. But but you you you've, we have this. Ability as human beings to create. Like I said, you came here in a car, someone put that together, someone thought about that, and let's, how can we transport people? Horses suck, they're messy, how can we do this? Okay, sorry about that to horse people. <laughs> There's no people who, no, 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 stop it while you're ahead. Okay, so, so, so someone created that. I mean, isn't it amazing? We, we're all sitting with different phones and, and, and whatever, and, and we have this amazing technology that if you wanted to right now, you could go live and global, and people could watch what we're doing here right now all over the world. Someone created that. We have the ability, like God, to create, to form. That's why you should never be limited. That's why you should never be stuck into someone telling you, you can only be this, or you can only be that. you got to understand God's putting you. You're made in His image. Come on, somebody. You're made in His likeness. Don't let people limit you. I'm preaching myself happy. Hallelujah. We can create. We can dream. We can build. Because we're made in the image of God, but sometimes we forget this. We forget this. I've been watching this program on TV. I've only watched the first two parts. It's come on late at night and it's over now, but it's, I'm watching it on demand. It's a, it's a program called Roots. And when we were kids, we used to uh, watch it. It was a much older version. And so I remembered that from when I was a kid. And I was like, oh, I want to see that. It's a, the story of uh, American slavery. And about this a man who's a Mandinko warrior. His name is Kuta Kente. 
How many have seen it? Anybody seen it? You want to say you, you sat up late and night? Yeah, it's cool. You can, if you can watch it, it's quite a cool series because it really goes into the whole thing. So his name's Gunter Kendi. He's a Mandi Kolaria. But the story starts in part one. It goes through three generations. It starts with Gunter Kendi in Africa. And he's, uh, he's actually not born. He's in his mummy's tummy. Uh, I won't go into the details of that, but the, he's, he's there. And his dad is doing some business down by the river and suddenly hears the drums. They're beating the drums. And the drums tell him that baby's coming. Coming. Now we get it on iPhone, baby's coming. Those days, it was the drums. And so he runs up there. He's just about to get into the hut to see what's going on there. And there's always a big black lady there. She's going to stop him. And she stopped him. She said, you wait, you man, Dinko, are you? You can't go in yet. Baby, not come. And so, anyway, he's outside. He's praying. And, and suddenly he says, hey, hey, hey. And he says, oh, now you can come in, warrior. And so the warrior goes in. And he goes inside. And he's got a baby boy. And then he takes the baby boy. When it's night, he takes the baby boy in his arm. The night sky is there. And he, he starts to name the child. And he says this. You are a mandinko warrior. Your name shall be Gunta Kente. Everybody say Gunta Kente. Come on, say it like you believe now. Gunta Kente. Just feels good to say it, doesn't it? Gunta Kente. So he's like, you shall be Gunta Kente. And he does the whole Simba thing, you know. banana, And then holds it up there and he's up there. It's up there. And he's doing it. And, and, but it's, it's kind of cool because he names him. He names him. And then the story goes on. He gets kidnapped and put into slavery. He ends up in America, going through a whole lot of trials, a whole lot of difficulties, a whole lot of horrible situations. But he ends up falling in love and, and getting married, and they have a baby. And uh, this time now, Kunta Kinti has this child, this boy, uh, sorry, this daughter. It's in his daughter now in his arms. And he gets to that place where he's got to name him, just like his father did. And so he comes up, and he says, you are the daughter of Kunta Kinti. Mandinko warrior. And da da and then he talks and does the whole sympathy. And he does it and, he, and, and it's cool. And he's named the child and, 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 and just life goes on. And then, of course, that child, his daughter, grows up. And then one of the things that used to happen in those days, as a child reached maturity, as the daughter reached maturity, they would, they would take the daughter or sell her to some other uh, place or to some, and that's exactly what happened through a thing of situations or random circumstances. She was sold to another property. And so she ends up dragged along and into this property where she's thrown into this barn. Within five minutes of her arriving, the master, the slave master comes in. And say, what we got here? And then he rapes her right there. And then she becomes pregnant. The program moves on. And uh, we're, we're nine months down the track. And she's having that man's baby. Horrible stuff that happened. Horrible stuff. And so she, she uh, takes the baby. When the midwife uh, um, does the stuff and, and the baby's delivered, she goes to hand the baby to her. And she's like, no, I don't want to touch it. I don't want to touch it. And in fact, she's so disturbed that the next part of it shows her taking the baby and starting to walk into a river to drown herself and the child. Because the pain of all that she had gone through and the difficulty of all she had gone to, through was just too much to bear, too heavy for her to bear, all that she'd had to walk through. And as she's going deep into the water, suddenly she, in her spirit, hears the voice of her father. And that wakes her up. It brings her 
to her senses. She turns around, and there under the night sky again, they go through that which has been performed from generation to generation. And she says this, which I think is quite, quite powerful. She holds the baby and says this, your grandfather is Kunta Kendi. He is a Mandingo warrior. And then she said this. She said, you got to know who he is so you can know who you are. I'll say it again. You got to know who he is so you can know who you are. Today, I want to tell you, people of God, you got to know who he is so you can know who you are. You got to know who God, come on, I'm preaching good today. You got to know who God is so you can know who you are. See, I want to say this. I don't know what struggles or battles you've had to fight. I don't know what trials have plagued your life. I don't know what injustices have knocked you down and tried to take you out. I don't know what horrible situations that have happened to you and there will be in a room this size always. I know I've been a pastor a long time. I know there will be people sitting here today with horrible stories, things that no one will want to talk about, things that you wish nobody would ever find out about. There will be people sitting here and you have one of those stories. I don't know what that story is. I don't know what that thing is that has happened to you. And maybe those things weigh so heavily. Maybe no one else knows. But maybe those things feel like and weigh so heavy, they are drowning you. You wake up, you think of them. You go to bed, you think of them. It might be abuse, I don't know. There'll be people in this room, you've suffered sexual abuse. It's just a fact. Nobody else knows, but friends, I want to tell you. I don't know what the struggle is. I don't know what battle you've been through. I don't know what's happened. Maybe you're from a dysfunctional home where there's violence. Maybe you're from a place where, where, where pain is a regular part of your life. But friends, I don't know who you are or where you're or what situations you're from. But maybe you can feel like things are so heavy, they are drowning you. And I want you to today to hear in your spirit the voice of your father, just as she did. I want you to hear in the midst of your trial, in the midst of that which seeks to drown you, the voice of your father. And allow your heavenly father to speak to you, to talk to you. I want to say this, don't let your problems, don't let the problems you face become the person you are. Don't let the problems you face be the person you are. Listen, stuff might have happened to you, but it don't mean that God can't work through you. It doesn't mean that God can't use you. You're far more also than what you do. Sometimes people, uh, friends, that's what I'm saying. You've got to know who he is so you can know who you are. Some of you go, well, I'm just Bob the plumber. I'm just Frank the mathematician. I'm just Sarah the school teacher. I'm just, uh, uh, this, uh, you've got to understand. Don't let that, that's not who you are. 
That's not who you are. Maybe you're here today and you're going, well, I've had this happen to me. And I've had that happen to me. And I had this tragedy. When I was five, this happened to me. Friend, that doesn't define you. That's not who you are. That's what's happened to you. Don't let what has happened to you define who you are. You've got to know who he is so you can know who you are. Turn to the person next to you and say, I think I might be looking at a mandingo warrior right now. Come on. The Bible says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I think we got to say, oh, there's many things that will try and keep you a slave. There's many things that will try, whether addictions, whether, whether, whether stuff. There's many things. Come on, I'm preaching good. There's many things that will try and hold you a slave. But you've got to know who he is so you can know who you are. Let's say maybe they make you a slave in your body, but not a slave in your mind. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Good preaching. Thank you. I'm getting free myself. You don't let the problems you face become the person you are. You've got to know who God is so you can know who you are. So who is he? Who is this God that we're, we're talking about? Over the years, we've shown a video called My King. Christ, my King. It goes on to describe from the Bible just different portions of, uh, of Scripture that declares who God is, who your heavenly Father is. And I want to read it out. And it goes like this. Because you've got to know who He is so you can know who you are. It goes, my king. Everybody say, my king. my king. Oh, come on. Say it like I'm here. You don't just turn up again. I'm my king. Yeah, hello. Everybody say, my king. Come on, my king. We're talking about your king. It says, my king. The Bible says, my king is the king of the Jews. He is the king of Israel. He is the king of righteousness. He is the king of all ages. He is the king of heaven. He is the king of glory. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's my king. Do you know him? See, so you've got to know who God is so you can know who you are. It says, my king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? You've got to know who God is so you can know who you are. He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of the world. He's God's son. He's the sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be the all-sufficient savior. Do you know him? You've got to know who he is so you can know who you are. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and he sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the aged. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. Do you know him? Because you've got to know who he is so you can know who you are. He's the key of knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He is the gateway to glory. 
Do you know him? You've got to know who he is so you can know who you are. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word, come on, somebody get excited in here. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous and his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Do you know him? He's indescribable, he's incomprehensible, he's invincible, he's irresistible. You can't get him out of your mind, you can't get him off of your hand. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Do you know him? You've got to know who you are, who God is, so you can know who you are. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. Yeah, that's my king. That's my, come on, somebody give Jesus some praise in the house. Do you know him? You've got to know who God is so you can know who you are. You're not what others have done to you. You are not what others have done to you. You are not your problems. You are not your circumstances. You're not what's happened to you. Who are you? You're a son and daughter of the Most High God, part of a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you might declare His praises. That's who you are. See, you've got to know who He is so you can know who you are. My Bible says, my Bible, my Bible, my Bible and my Bible. And Romans chapter 8 verse 17 says, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. You're not just some accident. You're not just some monkey that on there that's formed over a couple of million years and two million years you're eating banana trees together. No, you are formed and fashioned. As Anita said, in your mother's God knits you to come on, I'm preaching God. God knits you together in your mother's womb. You are created by a creator. Turn the person next to you and say, I'm no monkey. No monkey. My Bible says you're a child of the living God. And if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Tap your neighbor and say, I'm a child of the living God. Come on. Tap your neighbor on the other side you don't like and say, I'm a child of the living God. Come on. Come on. That's who I am. You are made. You are made in the image and likeness of God. And you have a heavenly inheritance. Stop focusing on the problems. They may be tough and you might be going through stuff, but you've got to focus on the heaven you're going to rather than the stuff you're going through. And whatever God wants to do, you're made in the image and likeness of God. So then the question is, we bring this to a close. When you look in the mirror, who do you see? When you look in the mirror, whose image do you see? Whose reflection? Are you just Bob the plumber? Are you just Frank the electrician? You just let what you do become who you are? Who who do you see or do you see? I want to encourage you to see that you are the image of the most high God. You're made in His image. You're made in His likeness. He is a limitless God and has enabled you with a limitless imagination to be able to create. Why can't you dream? Why can't you believe for something great? Could there be a next prime minister in here? Why not? 
Could there be someone who's going to influence this nation like never before? Why not? Could there be a Martin Luther King in here? Why not? Nothing can limit you except what you see. They say the you you see is the you you'll be. Friend, I want to tell you, when you look in the mirror, whose image do you see? You're made in the image and likeness of God. Know that. Jesus said in John 14, verse 9, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus asked us to follow him, to be like him. We can see God. We can see what God was like by looking at Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the exact representation of his being. When you see him, you see what God is like. Because you've got to know who he is so you can know who you are. The challenge or takeaway the sermon this week is when people see you, what do they see? When people look at your life and your actions and how you live, what do they see? Do they see someone who when someone does something bad against you, you won't forgive them? I'm amazed at the amount of Christians who hold on to unforgiveness for like years and get all bitter and twisted about stuff. Not you, but in the other sermons. I'm amazed. I'm amazed at the the way that Christ says we're going to love our, and not just love our friends and those who are not, we've got to love our enemies. When people see you, what do they see? Whose image do they see? Whose reflection do they see? Whose life do they see? Jesus said, if you see me, you've seen the Father. When people see you, what do they say? The challenge for us, I can't answer that question. Only you know. see you. I mean, here we're all on our best behavior. Hallelujah, glory, Jesus. But at work, here you're an angel. At work, you're a demon. You're aggro. You're grumpy. You know, six out of seven dwarfs are not happy. That's a joke. I got an hour about that. Some of you guys, Snow White, Snow White. Gonna have a, I just read that book. I had to let that out. It's been coming. I've been trying to get that out for weeks. That was the perfect opportunity. Six out of seven dwarfs are not happy. That's because they're grumpy, sleepy. <laughs> I just want to make sure. <laughs> when the people look at you, which one of the seven dwarfs do they see? Grumpy, sleepy. I don't even remember Dopey. No, <laughs> that was my wife. No, no, that's not my wife. No, I mean, <laughs> okay, I'm thinking, of, no, no, she meant, I'm saying she said Dopey, I didn't say it. I'm not saying she's Dopey. <laughs> oh no, I'll be sleeping outside all night and the next night. You'd be angry, dwarf, yeah. I can't answer the question, but when people look at you, what do they see? What's got to change? What's got to shift in you? 
Don't make excuses, friends. We can't say, well, I'm just a plumber. I'm just a this. I'm just a that. It's just my business. And no, no, that's not who you are. You're a son and daughter of the Most High God. What's got to change? What am I going to do? I can't afford to do that because I'm to be a witness in the thing. Christ, He's in heaven, seated on the right hand of God. We've got to understand we are His hands and we are His feet. And when people look at the kingdom, when they look at you, they're looking at you. What do you look like? What picture do they see? What image do they see? Only you can answer that question. Only you know what needs to change. Why not change one thing this week? Good preaching, Hope. Thank you very much. Every head bowed, every eye closed.